Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Tottenham finished second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on their second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lacked that intensity. All right, let's start with the red, Johnny. Where are we going? Yes, this is going to be controversial. I genuinely don't know what my view is on this, Will. On the Shane Walsh situation. Yet you've put him in the red from the top. Yeah, he's in the red because I, I think Shane Walsh is... I don't know Shane Walsh, but in general the feeling around Galway would be that Shane is definitely... He's an individual thinker. He he's, um, doesn't exactly do things like everyone else. That's certainly the case in the football pitch. I think you'll possibly never see as good a performance in a Galway jersey and it, in, in terms of a losing team as his in the All-Ireland Final still think he should have gotten out of the match I think he thinks that as well do you see a statement yesterday <laughs> where I think line three of the statement was arguably a man of the match performance in the final <laughs> now I'm not sure whether that was the PR company that he was sending the statement out from um, decided to uh, add the little editorial line in there or whether that was Shane Walsh himself saying you know what I probably should have got man of the match ahead of David Clifford yeah we should we'll have to try Colm has a great capacity to get people on the show we'll have to try and get Shane Walsh on at some stage but um, you know he, he he's probably right on that in fairness but I don't know how this sits with me he's he's getting to that stage of his career obviously where he, he wants to play as much top level football he's 29 um, and he does uh, you know have that commute to uh, Karen Club Burn for training which would be give or take sort of an hour 45 two oh, hours probably two hours really, over so. and back yeah um, so there is that and I'm not sure I'm not sure I really uh, like the way the club have re- has reacted to this because I think, in fairness, I mean, they're trying to stop it. But at the same time, if Shane wants to do this, I mean, the club shouldn't really be stopping him. He's given service to Karen Clumburn. Lord knows what how good they are because of him. And um, obviously, they're they're not a senior team. So he's, 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 he's uh, an incredibly good footballer at that level. And he's decided at this stage of his life that he's in Dublin. At the same time, it doesn't rest that easy with me just to be joining a club that big. And I don't. I think the vast majority of players just wouldn't do it. I don't know what you think. Yeah, look, I think the super club side is where most people have taken issue with this. So, look, I don't think the chairperson of Kilcarran Clumburn held himself... I, I think he was counterproductive in his comments at the weekend. Come out as strongly as he did in that piece with Sean McGoldrick to say, you know, we're going to fight this all the way and this is the wrong decision and we want him to stay and we're incredibly disappointed and heartbroken about the fact that he's going to leave. Of course you don't want to lose your star player, but it happens all the time. The players travel to other ends of the country and they join a the club. Now, the problem with joining the Super Club is that he's gone to the current Dublin champions in Kilmacook Crokes, who were the Leinster champions of last year and who were a whisker away from winning an All-Ireland final against Kilku. Now, this is a huge boost to them to bring in an inter-county star, one of legitimately the best players in the country, who's going to come in to bolster their attack. Like, good luck to anyone in the coming weeks if this transfer is rubber-stamped as we expect it to be, trying to stop both Paul Mannion and Shane Walsh in the same attack. Like, how 
killer are chemical croaks going to be, uh, particularly on the counter-attack this season with those two players. Yeah. But this is an internal problem to an extent with Dublin. It's not a uniquely Dublin problem. Like you look at Tomás O'Shea going to Nemo Rangers. You know, there's a list of players who've gone across the country and have joined you know, big teams when they go into a different city or into a different county. But because in Dublin you're not bound by the same parish rules that you are elsewhere in the country, it means that when you come into the county of Dublin, you can effectively play for any club within it once you're living within the county. Yeah. So therefore, you're naturally going to make the decision to go and play for Kilmico Crokes. And Shane Wall said in a statement, Johnny, that he wants to play for them for the foreseeable future. Now, look, I've no doubt he's studying in Hibernia College at the moment and he was mentioning the fact that John Divoli, one of the selectors with the management team this year, was giving him a lift over and back to Dublin and he was doing that for Intercounty, but he wants to play for the foreseeable future for Kilmico Crokes. I think, look, it's no coincidence he goes and joins the team who've got the best chance of winning the Dublin Championship this year. Yeah, and my, my, my biggest issue with this is what is what, what does this mean if you're a Kilmacud Crokes club person? I mean, is this how you want to win you know, games and win All-Irelands by having um, players that are basically marquee players um, from out of the county? And what does that mean for... Um, I know Stephen Cluxon definitely had issues with this in the past. Like, it should be your mates, it should be your local... Uh, you know the local lads who you've soldiered with uh, from underage, effectively aspiring to play for the club. This this idea of as you say, like a super club, um, d- is it still the club that you supported all along, where you wanted like um, the local lads, your your best mate's son, your best mate's daughter to be playing stuff like that? I I don't know how this would you know sit with me if I were a Crokes uh, club person or a Crokes player who's likely to be relegated to the bench or taken out of the panel potentially because Shane Walsh is arriving that's more of an issue for me whereas Kilcarn Clumburn I mean there's not much they can do about it tiny club in North East Galway um, so I think this is more about Shane than anything else as well I think this is Shane's idea of what he wants to do I don't think the vast majority of the Galway panel would do this Shane is an individual he's an amazing footballer and uh, it is what it is but I, I don't think it's going to go down particularly well in Galway I got got texts from people in fairly high places in Gaelic games this weekend who were astounded by this and um, they'd be from traditional counties and I think that'll be reflected in Galway as well but if Shane wants to do it, Shane wants to do it. I'm just not sure um, it's going to go down that well in terms of um, how he's... I don't know how he's uh, perceived in terms of the goal we seem because I think your club is your club at the end of the day. Yeah, um, get your views in, particularly on the uh, YouTube live comments at the moment, what you think about Shane Walsh going to Chemical Crokes. It seems to me a great move for Chemical, even though a player is going to miss out from the first team. It bolsters their chances massively. And uh, players have been moving in, particularly into Dublin, since the year dot of the GA and transferring in, um, albeit it's much easier probably to travel elsewhere now. But what do you think about Shane Walsh going to Chemical Crokes? Your standards are very high on the performance rankings this weekend. Uh, you You've put the beaten All-Ireland finalist Kerry into the red as well. Yeah, um, I did get a bit of help from uh, Colm now with these performance rankings, but I think in fairness to Kerry, they'll have a lot of regrets because of the start that they had and um, the fact that they were so, so well beaten in the second half. It's, I, it's very, very difficult for a team against the physicality of Meath and this kind of winning machine that they've become allied to a defensive structure that's very, very hard to break down once you start falling behind. I think maybe Kerry, um, you know, this cliche that you can start a game too well, but I think it, they were probably a bit mentally shot that their lead was eroded so fast and they'll have massive regrets. Um, I hope they got a good homecoming last night in Kerry. It was a horrible, horrible day. Um, I was actually travelling against the bus as it was coming down and saw the team bus. I think they were stopping off in Castle 
Castle Island. And um, Kerry was strange the weekend. It was horrible uh, for two of the three days. And yesterday was a, was a really, really wet day. I hope they turned out to see them. And I think with Kerry, maybe as much as their performance rankings uh, are, aren't favourable, will I think they'll have learnings from this. Like me, they'll be wondering, how do we kind of build on this legacy? We're losing players. We've gotten into the win habit. But I think Kerry will definitely learn from this and come back. Um, they have very they have a very good forward line that probably didn't perform as it would like to on the day. Um, but they will definitely have a lot of regrets as well after the start that they had. Yeah, like after Louise Nemer puts the ball in the net, five minutes gone, you're one mm. two to no score up against the defending champions. But in a way kind of poked the bear from Meade because poked they had a very bear, good spell yeah. after that. And then Meade's defence, we'll talk about this at Molsey a bit later on, were so good in the second half, particularly in the thirty fifth minute on, Kerry really struggled uh, to create chances in front of goal and then Meade had that bit of a finish in them as well, which is uh, seeing them go back to back. Like to me this story is remarkable, John, when you consider we'll talk about Meade a little bit further up in the rankings, but to go five years in a row in all Ireland finals, you know, you have to lose a couple before winning the intermediate and now win two seniors in a row. There's no more fairy tale story probably around than going from, you know, nearly runs in the intermediate to now being the best team in the country back to back years. It's totally inspirational, and like even even Asher in the final, like what odds were they? I mean, they, they weren't they were kind of like young upstarts going into the final and weren't expected. And now, sort of um, twelve months later, you're talking about them like absolutely hammer and carry and having a, a smattering of players that are essentially in their twenties and have, I suppose. There, there are definitely aspects of the men's game that they've uh, embraced in terms of that defence defense structure. I'm fascinated to see what Andy Moyle says because I, I, I thought uh, Vicky Wall's comments about the rules of the game and you know she, she kind of plays on the edge where the game is going. There was very little physicality allowed. That's not yeah. having to go with um, Maggie Farley, the referee, because she's applying the rules of the game. Yeah, absolutely. But it was so soft-starty in the second half and there were so many hits that were like, to me seem very fair and they're the type of things that you want to see in the game where the ball is getting turned over and big tackles are going in but constantly it was just free after free after free so then you look at you know so Vicky Wall and Murray basically clash in terms of their comments afterwards and I think this is this is really really intriguing as to where this game is going because it's getting better so fast um, that it is going to have to probably you know, back down in terms of the rules you know say that the rules are right or actually I would tend to agree with Vicky Wall. Like Vicky Wall has gotten her move, and she's the marquee player in the game now because of that way that she plays, because of that all-action energy, physicality. And if Vicky were to be like, you know, basically given freeze against her yellow cards, like left, right, and centre, she wouldn't be the player that she is. So there's an existential question there: where is this game going to go? So that that's probably the big talking point, I think, out of the final because it became a bit of a mismatch in the end. Yeah, just before we get into Amber, a couple of the comments coming in the YouTube. Uh, Sean's been contact Crokes only one outside player in last year's championship, uh, super club, but all homegrown. Uh, no Cal on the other side. Totally agree. The fact that he's joining a super club leaves a very bad taste in the mouth. Right, Amber then. I had a feeling this was going to happen on Friday. Uh, we were talking to Sligo Rovers and we were chatting to Conan Byrne about St. Pat's. And the feeling was, Johnny, that after their European exploits on Thursday, they had to win their respective games in the FAI Cup at the weekend. Because aside from the Cup and in Pat's case trying to defend it, this was a very important avenue to potentially get back into European qualifiers next year. And both slipped up. 
Oh, this is I, I think this is mad. Like so you had the non league clubs in the FEI Cup wheel were given absolute batterings and some of the betting moves around those games would suggest that they were entirely predictable and I think that's worrying because you know you need a bit of romance. The romance we got from the competition was the first division teams beating um exalted Premier Division rivals. So like how can Sligo Rovers go from beating Motherwell on aggregate to losing at home to U C D in the league and then um losing at home to uh, Wexford, albeit after extra time? Now I tip Wexford in the race and post to win this game. He actually lost the bet because they won after extra time. But I was expecting them to give them a good game because Wexford are... Um, they, they have some nice players. I think Ian Ryan is a good manager. And there is that... I mean, the energy that was in the showgrounds on Thursday and thinking of next week, there is that kind of potential that Sligo um, might drop their guard a bit. And John Russell did make some changes, and that's that's fair enough. But for them and Pats, Pats like conceded three goals at home to Watford in the first half. Paddy Bartholin came back for his first game of the season, um, and maybe the, some of their changes backfired. But I was thinking here, if Pats hadn't done what they had done in, in Europe, this would be a disastrous result, because they're not having a great time in the league. They're doing okay, but they finished second last season. And there has been a little bit of talk that Tim Clancy would have been under a little bit of pressure I didn't particularly buy into that but if, if this hadn't been preceded by the European results he definitely would be under pressure because they won the cup last year um, and they're knocked out at the first hurdle it's an avenue back into Europe that's realistic the league is, is realistic for both Pats and Sligo but it's odds against us for both of them at the moment that they qualify through the league and go down to teams in the first division that let's be honest are not even in the title race really Watford have had a patchy campaign Wexford are clinging on to a hope of finishing in the playoffs. I think Wexford might just get into the playoffs. They, they've been in yeah. good, good form recently as well, but it, like the thing that really I noticed at the weekend, Johnny, were the amount of Sligo fans who were bemoaning the fact that some of their fellow Sligo fans went along, queued up to get the tickets for the Viking game, and then didn't stay around for the FAI Cup game. Yeah, I, I mean, like... Uh, this, this, it's not, it's not a good image. In fairness, we'd, uh, we'd images in, in one game of, of fans kind of falling through, um, you know, a fence onto the pitch as well, which, which wasn't great. But this, this kind of notion of going to the game and leaving. It almost like it's almost like the players saw that and it brought them down because the, the fans certainly brought Sligo up. It was an amazing atmosphere last Thursday. I guess if it's your only way of getting a ticket, maybe they had family things on that day. People aren't going to go to every game. You're not going to get knocked for not going to a game. But it's just not a great kind of um, doesn't set a great agenda, does it? To go along the team is playing and just go home because the cup is the cup. Like I'm a Go United fan, will I was. Um, absolutely thrilled that Galway United got a relatively easy draw. Uh, ended up winning seven 0 against Bluebell. Two of the teams that we would genuinely fear are now out of the competition. Since 1991, Galway United haven't been to a cup final, rarely been to a semi final, and to be in the Viva Stadium would be amazing. So, like, I think it's 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 hurtful to the FAI Cup for fans just to go along on the base of tickets for a European game. And I'm praying now the draw is today that Galway United get a good draw. On the flip side of that, the draw will be made as well for the uh, the next round of the Conference League. So, Pats and Sligo who are preparing for um, big games against uh, Norwegian and Bulgarian opposition this week will have an idea of what lies in store if they get through that but one thing that won't lie in store for them is the last 16 game in the FAI Cup yeah alright let's take a look then at where we're going in the green we kind of already gave one of these away that Mead were going to be in the green we're going to talk about Mead in a lot more detail the other team that you've put in the green Johnny along with Mead were the two big winners from Sunday afternoon and that's the English women's team winning Euro 2022 yeah, and um, you know, I think this has uh, been the coronation of, a, of an amazing tournament. Uh, listen to the uh, comments from the head coach this morning. Uh, the booze culture may be a little bit of a revelation after the game. I think we can relate to that. They were all drinking beers in the dressing room, but you really seem to unite a country together, Will. And um, this has been a, 
a victory not for not only for them but for the tournament itself and for the women's game I think and where it can possibly go I genuinely do think that what they have done for young girls around the world and around Europe is totally amazing that they can dream go out into their back garden and uh, want to be footballers now whereas they might you know 10 20 years ago might even have been in their heads this has been mass media exposure of an event that has been thoroughly justified it's been justified by the figures watching it people who are clicking uh, online to listen to read stories about it and uh, obviously the England team deserve the plaudits this is a some really good teams in this tournament and uh, obviously the Royals as well where where would you how could you leave them out Right. Well, look, we'll talk about England in a lot more detail a little bit later on in the programme. They were your Gillette Labs performance rankings. Royals as in Mead there. That wasn't actually ah, a joke. I thought we were talking about Prince William and... Uh, what happened there? The other prince. Um, probably not for air on OTBM, I would imagine, in either case, what's been happening ah. uh, with the two princes who are the next in line for the throne. Here we go, revelations all around this morning. Yeah. Um, OTBM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Up next, OTB's Formula One guy, Shane Hannum, will be along to talk about the weekend's Hungarian Grand Prix. First up, here is Kerry's All-Ireland winning manager, Jack O'Connor, who was discussing the majesty of David Clifford on Saturday's Off the Ball. OTBAM's performance rankings with Gillette. OTBAM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.